You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. What's up, Grace Church? How y'all doing? You doing all right? Man, I want to I want to take you on a, a journey with me today, and it's not just uh, it's not not just any journey. It's it's my journey. It's my story, if you will. And so, uh, for you analytical thinkers, I, I don't know about you, but I remember the very first time I came to Grace. The first nine people, you know what they did for a living? Engineers. Engineers. First nine people I met when I was here. So for you analytical, data analyst-driven people. You're going to be thinking, where in the world is this guy going? I promise that we'll get somewhere eventually. Okay, we'll get there. It'll just take a little bit of time to get there. And then if we don't do a good job, or if I don't do a good job, just come back next week and listen to Tim. It'll be fine, right? And so uh, I, I didn't grow up in a church-going family. I, I, in fact, don't ever remember sitting in a chair with my mom and dad uh, while we were listening to a message in church. Uh, in fact, my dad, he would drive us to church and, and drop us off, my brother and I. He would drop us off, we would get out, we would go to church, the, my, my grandmother's church, and then he would drive back home and then drive to my grandmother's house afterwards and then we would have uh, Sunday lunch together. It was almost like he was avoiding church altogether. And my mom, see, she didn't, she didn't come to church because uh, she worked overnights, and so she wasn't usually up for uh, coming to church afterwards. And so the, the odd thing is I, I never remember sitting with them, maybe one time at an Easter cantata, whatever that is. I have no idea. Still, I'm not real sure what a cantata is, but that, that's the one time that I had an inkling that we did. And so this went on for quite a few years, and I, I became 16, and where I'm from, when, when you turn 16, it equals freedom, because you get car keys, you get car keys, and, and so I started going places, and with that new freedom, I had all these opportunities, and these opportunities to hang out with people that I didn't necessarily hang out with before, and so I got into the drinking scene. And so I started drinking fairly heavily in, in high school, and then I remember one evening, we, we stayed up all night, had an all-night bender, and then, then I decided I was going to go to church. I don't know, maybe to pay for my sins, I, I don't know. And then so I went to church the, the next morning, and I, I remember sitting in that same spot that my grandma sat in, in that, that mauve, wooden, uncomfortable pew. So I sat there, and I don't remember the message, I don't remember who preached, but I do remember this. There were about five men at the, the very front of the building, right in front of the stage, and I walked up to them as a 16, 17-year-old uh, young man, and I said, hey, I've got a question for you, and they all, they all sort of stiffened up, and it, maybe they weren't used to a 16, 17-year-old jumping up in front of them and saying that, and I said, here, here's my question. Is this, is this all there is to Christianity? Sunday morning, showing up to church, is, is this it? They all looked at me with stone-cold faces, and one of the men looked at me right in the eyes, and he, he started to shake his head. These were men that I knew from my, from my childhood, and he, he shook his head, and he said, Justin, this is, this is it. This is it. And so I looked at him right in the eyes, and I said, thanks. 
I turned around. I walked outside of what was called the sanctuary. I went into the parking lot, got in my sweet 1986 Chevy S10, and, and I remember driving away, and I, I turned out, and I, I said to myself, I will never go back to church. I'll never go back. I'll never go back. If that's all there is, I'm done. I'm finished. And so my life went on. I got into college. I did the whole party scene, got, got engaged with the uh, didn't get engaged, hallelujah, but got engaged in the girl scene, and uh, I, I did the same thing. I always promised myself, you know, I'm not going to do drugs, I'm not going to do drugs, but alcohol has this funny thing of messing up with your decisions, messing up your decisions, and so I started getting involved in, in that scene also. I remember one specific night that, that I would, you know, I was in college, and I would drink till six in the morning, completely drunk, and then I would sleep for one hour, and then I would go to class at 7 a.m., there was a Thursday night that I went to the club. That's what we did. Thursday night was club night. So I, I went to the club, same thing, all night bender. And then I wake up the next morning. I'm on some random person's house on some random couch. And I remember I always wanted to party harder than anybody. And so I got up at 8 a.m. And I went straight to the refrigerator. And, and I grabbed a beer. I went and sat on that couch that, that I had woken up on. And, and I'll never forget... I started to drink it, and I, I had that beer in my left hand, and I, I remember going, God, if you're, if you're real, would you just show up? Just show up. I was in complete desperation. I was desperate. So about a, a, a week later, I met a guy named Matt Williams in the, the commons area, the lobby of college. And so uh, Matt was uh, this incredible guy. There was so much, it was, he was so different. I, you know, his name was Matt Williams, and uh, I think we've got a picture of him. Yeah, that's me too with the white beanie. You can make fun of me later with those earrings. They even had little Maltese crosses on them. Just, just disgusting. So you guys can make fun of me. I just look like a punk, don't I? I mean, look at that. But the guy behind me is, is Matt Williams. And so I, I knew there was, there was just something different about him. He was engaging, like he was, he was so full of life. He had something that I didn't know that was called joy. He, he invited me places. The very first time we met, he invited me somewhere. He, he invited me to hang out and go to a trade show that, that weekend. The next thing I know is I'm, I'm going to church with this guy on a, on a regular basis, on a regular basis. And we were at this church plant called Stonebridge, and they meet in a high school similar to what our Olathe campus uh, meets in and hopefully what Shannon will meet in or, or some other kind of facility, the new church plant like Shannon's going to plant in Lee Summit. And so I, I remember they, I was there, and, and I remember even Isaiah chapter 41 is what the pastor was preaching on. He's preaching on the good news, and, and I'll never forget, something like clicked with me. It started to make sense. It, in my logical brain, I started to like go, I need to, I need to give my life to Christ. Like, I need to give my whole life to him. And so, so I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to give my life to him. And, and I, I realized that he paid for my sins. He paid for all of my screw-ups. He, like, really loves me. And then not only do that, but I, I like, want to follow him in this leather-bound book that he's, he's left for us on earth. Like, I want to actually, like, start obeying that. So I'll never forget I was walking down the, the aisle not to get married, but, but to, to get saved is what we call it. And I remember kneeling down on that wooden uh, court, the basketball court, and just crying out and saying, Jesus, my life is yours. Just do whatever you want to with it. Just do whatever you want to with it. 
So, uh, you know, my, my life w- went on, and uh, during that same time, I was working at Sutherland's Lumber Company. I worked there for five years, and uh, I, I started back in floor covering, so I sold tile and carpet and all these things, and I got this promotion to office manager, and, and so I started coming to work, and I, bring, I had this big old fat leather-bound Bible, you know, like stuff you hit people over the heads with. And, and so I actually would bring it to, to work with me, and people started coming up to me going, bro, you're, you're different. Like, so is there, so what, what happened to you? There's something, there's something wrong with you. And there was another guy I worked with named Joel, and he, he said, hey, uh, will you come to, down to Dallas with me? I'll pay your way. Come down to Dallas with me and he was a follower of Jesus, and, and so he said, let's go follow this guy named Kurt Cameron and Ray Comfort. You guys know Kurt Cameron? Growing up, I, I used to watch a show called Growing Pains, and Kurt Cameron, Mike Seaver, baby. Mike Seaver was like the man. And so we went down, and I was like, yeah, sure, let's go listen to him. Let's go, let's go hear what he's got to say. And, and so I started hearing. They were teaching us how to share our faith. And so I'm only a believer for a few months at this, at this point, and so I learned how to share my faith literally at the very beginning stages of my walk with Jesus. And so I remember I'm at the, the grocery store after I get back from that conference, and, and there's somebody in front of me, and so I tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, hey, do you, do you know Jesus? Can I share the gospel with you? And I get to share the gospel with the grocery line person. And then I, I didn't want the person behind me to miss out, so I would turn around and say, hey, do you, do you know Jesus? Can I share the gospel with you? And then the, I didn't want the cashier to miss out either, so then I would, I would share the gospel. I would share the, the good news of what Jesus has done with, with the cashier. We got uh, so intense sometimes, I would do this thing called street evangelism. I would go out on the, the sidewalks where there were people, and I, I had these icebreakers, these cards, and I would grab them, and I would say, hey, 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 which one's bigger? You guys see that? Which one's bigger? They'd say, uh, this one, of course. And I'd go, which one's bigger now? And they'd go, oh, my mind is blown. And I'd say, hey, you had a second for me to share this with you. Do you have a second where I can share what God, 2,000 years ago, he came down and he died for you. He died for you. And then I would share the truth of who Jesus was with him. I remember, do you guys remember, there used to be this, this uh, uh, you know, machine that hung on the wall. and had a cord on it. And you picked it up and you talked to somebody that was, you know, uh, across maybe the city or maybe even across the United States. It was called a telephone, right? It was before cell phones. And so we used to get telemarketer calls. You guys remember telemarketers when it used to be a real live person? And they'd say, hey, hey, do you, uh, do you have XYZ service? And so I would pick up the phone and they'd say, hey, do you have XYZ service? And I'd say, I'll answer your question if you answer my question. Do you consider yourself a good person? And they go, yeah, I consider myself a good person. I say, have you ever told a lie before? Yeah, I've told a lie. What does that make you, a liar? Have you ever stolen anything before? Yeah, I've stolen something before. What does that make you? Well, sometimes they would say stealer, and then I would laugh in their face, but they're actually a thief. And then, <laughs> then sometimes I would say, hey, do you know the Bible says that, uh, have you ever, I know this one's sort of intense, but have you ever looked on a woman with lust? Yeah, I've looked on a woman with lust. You know what that says? The Bible says that you've already committed the act of adultery in your heart. How about hate? Have you ever hated somebody in your heart before? Yeah, of course I've hated somebody in my heart before. You know what? The Bible says that you're a murderer in your heart because you've... So you're a lying, thieving, murderer, adulteress at heart. In a judgment day, are you going to go to heaven or hell? Which one? 
And so they would, they would say, well, by that standard, I'm obviously not going to go to heaven. And then I would say, did you know 2,000 years ago, this man came down to earth? He was born of a virgin. And, and 2,000 years ago, he came and he lived this perfect, sinless life. And he just wants to know you, so he died for your sins. All of those laws you just broke, he died for those so he could have a relationship with you. So you don't have to feel judged and you don't have to feel condemned because he took the condemnation so you could know him. And they would say, uh, can I go get my manager? <laughs> and so I would go, hey, what's up, manager? How you doing? I'd say, hey, uh, I've got a question for you. Do you consider yourself a good person? <laughs> and we would start the whole thing again. And so I just did that over and over and over. It was, it was really just an amazing experience. You know, I, was a, I, I got that promotion to office manager at the lumber yard, and uh, so I would, uh, we had turnover like crazy, just uh, people gone, they would leave, quit all the time, and so uh, what I did, I don't even know if this is legal or not, tell you the truth, I don't really care if it was or not, because I would take every new employee and I'd say, hey, you, are you a church-going person? Are you, a, are you a church-going person? And they'd say yes or no, and then I would have a chance to share the truth of the gospel with them. I would get to share this Jesus with them. It was really just a, a, a great experience for me to, to practice my, my walk with God. And so during that time, my friend Matt Williams, he left for something called Summer Project. And Summer Project is this thing by Campus Crusade. And so he went off to San Diego. And, and so I didn't have anywhere to go to church. I had nobody to go with. And I knew this other guy. There was something different about him, too. Like, he had some joy, and there was something, there was something engaging about him. So I said, hey, hey Jeremy, can I, can I go to church with you? And he said, Absolutely. And I'll never forget either, I was sitting in this classroom and I heard this guy preach and I was shocked. I was shocked because this guy preached like the Bible with authority and I was like, I've never heard this before. This is, this is amazing. And I started hearing these messages about discipleship, 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 mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. And so it's really in line with First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 that says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ." Or follow me as I follow Jesus. So that guy that was preaching with authority, I, I went up to him and I said, hey, will you, will you disciple me? Will you disciple me? And so he said, yes, I'll disciple you. And you know the first lesson that we sat down and went through? Baptism. We went through baptism. And he walked with me what baptism was, how it wasn't for salvation, but how, how I was identifying with Jesus' death burial and resurrection and so so I got baptized ironically it's our race to life weekend right and you we're, we've tried to remove all the obstacles we've got we've got clothes we've got towels we've got water don't take the water home with you but we've got water where we can baptize you and and the funny thing was I, I remember the the fight he walked with me through the bible and I remember the fight and I don't know I was just really like uh, aware, self-conscious about getting dunked in water in front of people. It doesn't take a special skill or a special gift, but, but so he walked me through it, and then I got baptized because I wanted everybody to know that I was identifying with Jesus. I wanted everybody to know. So he walked with me on, on what baptism was, got baptized. You know, my life went on. I, I got married to this incredible woman, Amy. We have two kids, and then, then uh, we did foster care and adoption, and so we have a, a, a forever also, so we've got three kids in our family, and I finished my degrees. I've got two degrees in automated manufacturing and machine tool technology, but for some reason, 
I'm standing up here. I'm still confused why, actually. God had different plans. He's obviously got a sense of humor if he took automated manufacturing, machine tool technology, and then maybe a church staff guy. See, I've always been a marketplace guy. I've always worked in the, in the marketplace for 10 years before I ever got a, a church staff position. Uh, and God, uh, has, he's just using me in a different way now. And so, uh, you know, we went to Spain. We, we did all of these things to, to try to get people to hear the gospel. The funny thing is, is what we've done with Christianity is sometimes we say, you know what, we're going to leave it up to the professionals, the church staff people. The incredible thing is that God wants to use you. He like wants to use you where you are, where he has you, with your friends and in your neighborhoods and at your workplaces. He wants to use you. If he can use me, a desperate drunk, to share the gospel with people, he can definitely use you. And he desires to use you. He wants to use you. You know, everywhere I've ever gone, I've always been known as the evangelism guy or the outreach guy, no matter what, right? If I'm literally, if I'm talking to telemarketers, sharing the gospel with them, I get that title fairly quickly and fairly easily. But uh, two weeks ago, I had three people in one day come up to me, and it was really half confession and half answer. They said, Justin, I've been a believer for 10 years, and I I don't know how to share my faith. I don't know how to share. Could you, could you share with me some, some ideas? Could you share with me a few keys, like a few things so I can maybe know? And listen, I, you know, I'm, although I wasn't a church guy, I've had a, a lot of opportunities to preach and speak, and I've probably spoke on, pre, on sharing your faith literally like hundreds of times probably, hundreds of times. And guess what? I've guilted people. Ooh, have I guilted people to share the gospel Ooh, I've twisted their arms. But on the other side, I've, I've tried to encourage and build up. I've done how-to manuals. I've done everything imaginable. And so literally the last uh, month and a half or so, I've struggled with what to share because I could go, you know, I'm going to share what I always share. Or I could say, God, what, what do you want? And so I'm going to share three keys with you just from my heart to yours. They're not alliterated. They're not anything, but I pray that God would use them. So I'm going to share three keys with you that will help you on your journey to share your faith. Here's key number one. Key number one is to to know Jesus. Like to know him, like to really know him, to read his word, understand who he is, and, and like have a relationship with him. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He, he endured the cross for you. He, he loves you so much. He desires you. He wants to be with you. He like, uh, he, you are precious to him. He pursues you. I read this, this quote in a, in a book, and it, it says, if you want to build a ship, if you want to build a ship, don't drum men and women up to gather wood. Don't drum them up. Don't give them a how-to manual. Don't, don't divide the work and give orders. Instead, instead, teach them. Teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. I wish I could teach you. I wish I could teach you to yearn for the vast and endless love of Jesus. He, like, loves you so much. He wants to know you. He, like, desires to know you. He's pursued you. He wants to know you. You should want to know him. And and he gave his life for you. He endured, endured the cross. 
like cursed, beaten, tormented, because he loves. There's a verse that we share often in, in church, in Christianity. If you're, if you're new to church, just, just hang with me. But, but uh, Psalms 51 verse 12 says this. The psalmist David, he was, he was going through a ridiculously hard, tough time. And he says this, he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Like restore, you guys remember that day? Do you, do you remember that day when like, God actually reached down in earth and he said, you know what, I'm going to save your soul. Do you remember that day, that, that day when you committed your whole life to Jesus? Do you remember that day? You remember the grace you felt? Do you remember, man, I, I was a sinner, I was, I was broken, and he, he reached down to know me. He reached down and I realized that he, he died for me. It wasn't just for you. So he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then, then I will teach transgressors, lawbreakers, I will teach lawbreakers your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Sinners shall be converted to you. So that same day, you, you want to be reminded because you can remember that he can save somebody as desperate as me. And so, you know what, now he wants me to remember that so others can be converted. That's why you don't remember your story. You're not saved just for yourself, although it's an incredible benefit. Heaven, hallelujah. Can I get a non-denominational amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I love what the, the message version translates this to. It says, bring me back from gray exile. Bring me back from gray exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Remember, we're supposed to long for the vast, endless sea. And he's going to put a wind in our sails for what job? For this job. Give me a job teaching rebels teaching rebels your ways so the lost can find their way home. Man, we were so desperate. You heard my story. I was so desperate. I was a rebel. But he gave me a way home. The same Jesus that, that saved us on that day of salvation still desires to know us today. I don't care if you've been saved for one day or 40 years. He still has that same grace for you. That same undeserved love. So that was key number one. Key number one was to know Jesus. Key number two and three will naturally happen. It will naturally happen if key number one happens. Key number two is practice sharing the good news. Like practice. Practice sharing the good news. I, I remember when I, at that same time when I first became a believer, I went to this coffee shop back when coffee shops weren't cool. There was only one in town, actually, before 500 popped up. And so I walked into this coffee shop, and on the left, there was this round wooden table, and there was a guy sitting there. So I sat down with him, and I, I started to share Jesus. I said, hey, do you, have you ever heard of Jesus? Do you know the gospel? And he said, Jesus? You can't even prove to me that there was a historical real person of Jesus. Man, I stiffened up. I freaked out, and I went, uh, uh, you ever feel that shame before, like, not knowing how to answer, like, how to answer things that are concerning your faith? I had this shame, and so I went, uh, 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 thank you, and I bolted, man. I didn't go back in that coffee shop for, like, a month. I got out of there. And the, fu the funny thing was, is I, I, I was at this, this, this fork in the road, and I could, could do this 
side. I could go this way, and, which is what typically sometimes Christians do. And it's not an accurate statement, but I could say, you know what? I just believe that Jesus is real by faith. Probably not an accurate statement, but then I had this other option. I could read the Bible. I could research. I could figure out how to defend my faith. I could read something called apologetics, which is just a fancy word for defending your faith. And so that's what I did. I read and I researched and I read the Bible and I got to know him a little bit more. And then that same commons area in college in the lobby, I sat down and across from me was an evolutionist, a gal from, that, that believed in evolution. And I said, hey, do you, have you ever heard of Jesus? And she goes, Jesus? You, may, you can't even prove to me his, that there was a real historical person named Jesus. And I said, have you ever heard of Flavius Josephus? Because he was a Jewish, a Jewish historian, not a follower of Jesus. He was a Jewish historian that wrote about the historical Jesus. What about Joseph of Arimathea? What about the 500 people, the 500 people that saw Jesus resurrect from the dead? What about those people? And the blood in her face sort of just drained out. And she went, you're not, you're not a typical Christian, are you? And I said, well, I'm, I'm not here to shame you. That's not the point to, to get into an argument and win an argument. It's because I wanted to reason together because I wanted her to know this Jesus that, that I knew that saved my desperate soul. So here's the deal. Figure out a way. It doesn't have to be my way. Figure out a way and practice sharing your faith. Key number three. Key number three is no ways to share. Like, no ways to share. I, I actually just shared one way. I shared my story. I shared my life before Jesus. I shared when I met Jesus. That's chapter 2. Chapter 3 is my life after Jesus. And chapter 4 is what is Jesus doing in my life today. It's four simple chapters. Your story. The coolest thing about your story is that nobody can reject it. They can, they can say, well, that's good for you, but not for me, but nobody can reject it. So, and you have a testimony. It's your story, but it's more of Jesus' story and what Jesus has done in your life. That's one way to share. The other way to share is uh, using the Ten Commandments. That's what I did on the phone. Hey, do you consider yourself a good person? You can do that way. I, maybe I wouldn't recommend that way. I don't know. I don't know. You, if that fits with who you are, then figure out a way and do it. Listen, you've got to practice it. You've got to practice it. Here's the deal. I've been doing it 15 years, and I was really bad at it first. I was in the awkwardness. You know that awkwardness like when you're talking to somebody and then you sort of get butterflies in your stomach when you're sharing things of faith, and I was nervous, and, and I, I messed some stuff up, and this is what I'm telling you. Mess some stuff up. Like, figure out, he's such a good father, he wants to share, like, he wants his gospel preached, and he'll fix it. He'll fix it, and don't be that person that just says, I'm going to trust by faith, but I'm going to research, and I'm going to know, I'm going to figure out the hope that lies within me, I want to I figure it out so I can share others. Not because I should, but because I actually, like, believe the truth of who he is. So here's some ways, right, the four chapters, the law, the Ten Commandments, you can use the Romans Road. Google Romans Road. It's a, there's five or six verses in the Romans Road. You can figure it out. You go to Romans 3.23. Right? Romans 3.23, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. And then you go to Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life for Jesus Christ our Lord. And then you go to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart, thou shalt be saved. Like, go through that. Just Google Romans Road. 
It's a real simple, easy way. In fact, I used to do even this. The only thing I had to remember was Romans 3.23. Because in my Bible, right next to it, I would write the next verse. So I'd write Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23, Romans 3.10. And here's what I would do. I'd actually hand them my Bible. And I'd say, hey, read Romans 3.23 for me and explain it. Okay, what's the next verse say? Okay, what's the next verse say? And then I would share the gospel. I wouldn't even say a word. They would share it with themselves. How cool is that? Apparently, I like to trick people. right? I got weird cards trying to trick people, and I'm trying to trick them into sharing the gospel with themselves. But that's an easy way. If none of those work for you, you can remember the acronym RBC. R-B-C. R is repent. In the kids, we use ABCs down in Grace Kids, but, but I like RBC for adults. R is repent. It means change your mind about who Jesus is. Change your mind. Like, literally, just change your mind about who he is and then turn from your sin. That's what repentance is. And then B, believe. Believe just means, it means acknowledging what's already true. Believe that Jesus is God. That's all. Believe. And that he paid for your sin. And then confess the C. Confess with your mouth. Say it out loud. I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe that you're God. I'm confessing you. And not only am I confessing you out loud, but I'm going to tell others. I'm going to confess about what you've already done for me to others. That's it. RBC. So there's four easy ways. Pick a way that works for you, how God's made you. Don't, don't do it the way that I did it. Please, actually, don't do it the way I did it. Figure out which, ways work, which way works for you. So, so imagine this for a second with me. Imagine God using you to share the gospel with people you work with. Imagine people in heaven. One day we're all going to be around the throne. We're all going to be worshiping God. We're all going to be around him, singing to him, praising him, knowing him. And you look around and there's people there because God wants to use you where you are. What happens if our church, everybody in here, everybody watching online, just led one person to the Lord this year? 2018 led one person to Christ. It would change our community. It would change our church. It would, change, it would literally change the world. I believe that. And you shouldn't do it because you should. You should do it because you believe that Jesus is worth believing in. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to come to you. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for your son. Thank you that you've... you've uh, taken all of our sins and you've paid you've paid the price God you've paid the price so we could have eternal life so we could be on mission so we could be used God I pray for our church I pray that you would use our church I pray that you would change our church I pray that we would just be uh, outward focused followers of you and that our whole community would know who you are because of the, the work you're doing in and through the people that go here the gracers Lord, I love you. Thank you for this church, and I pray that you would use us. pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.